0: Good evening and welcome to the Coast to Coast Athletic Podcast. I am your host, Josh Pittman, and I am once again joined by the energetic and the clever Michael Bueller. Mike, how are we doing tonight?
1: Doing great, Josh. Just uh, ringing in from the Mobile Man Cave right now.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, I once again want to thank our listeners who have continued to listen to us and, and remind them that we are seeking to publish a podcast every single Sunday night or or, or Monday morning so that they have something to listen to the following week. Mike and me will be discussing uh, the Charger-Chiefs game, how significant that game was. We'll also be taking a look at James Harden and the Pacers. And we'll go ahead and conclude with our favorite in-sports experience. So, jumping into our first segment. Show me your lightning bolt! Mike, how are you feeling after last night? Um,
1: well, after my prediction, I feel pretty terrible. But I would definitely say it's not surprising as the game continued. Um, I, I unfortunately don't think there was any out coaching. I think there was a, a strategic plan for both teams not to, uh, open up their entire playbook. Uh, I think that was also evident after, uh, Keenan Allen got hurt. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think, I think that was the key, you know, Tyreek Hill was already banged up. He wasn't out there a lot. Eric Berry was his first game back, really emotional. Um, I, I just think you had both teams that were uh, well exhausted from the week before. You could yes. definitely tell that. Yeah. But I, I, I just, you know, it was kind of the, the typical, like, you saw Kansas City up, you know, if you went to bed before, you know, or right at the five minute mark in the fourth quarter uh, when it was 28 to 14 and the Chiefs had the ball back. Um, you're kind of like, well, this game, uh, this game's in the bag. Uh, uh, it's, it's just not the case, you know. Philip Rivers is a fighter, and uh, yes, I, I, you know, when they when they scored the first touchdown, I was kind of like, all right, well, the Chiefs need to do something. But you know, credit to the Chargers, they, you know they they put pressure on uh, Patrick Mahomes when they needed to. Uh, but I, I will say that that from me watching the game. Both teams did not have their full offensive playbook out Correct. there and did not have all their weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though um, – I forget it, it's Darius uh, Williams had a phenomenal oh, game. Oh, he played very well last time. Very good. It was it Justin Jackson uh, for the Chargers, the running back. Yes,
0: Justin Jackson. Yeah, kid yeah, out of Northwestern. Did,
1: he, yeah, he had a phenomenal game as well. So kudos to both those kids for coming out and, and really – Uh, you know, laying some wood down and and really getting some yardage uh, and some stats. But, you know, you look at both plays, I don't know if you saw the same thing. Uh, You know, the Chiefs and Chargers, I could count about six different formations on offense, and that's pretty much what they stuck to the whole game.
0: Yeah, I think there was just variations within those formations that they had. But, Mike, I want to get your take on why the the Chiefs, why you think they they lost the game. I want to discuss really quick why, like basically why the Chargers won the game. And uh, so start off the winner, then hand it over to the loser. But, but as you recall, when we did the podcast a couple days ago, although I did not think that the Chargers would win the game, I did mention three points to what I think could bring about a Chargers victory. The first one was time of possession. The Chargers won the time of possession against the Chiefs. The Chiefs really they had two great drives to start the game and after that obviously they they did have two more touchdowns but those touchdowns were relatively quick as opposed to the Chargers touchdowns that they had. And so the Chargers won the time of possession. I think they had at least 13 more plays than the um than the Chiefs had. So actually the Chargers had 67 total plays. The Chiefs had 53. And the time of the possession for the game the Chargers had 33 minutes the Chiefs had 26. But the Chiefs, you know, the first quarter they dominated time of possession, and that's really where they had the bulk of the ball. The Chargers also run, uh, won the running battle, had more running yards as well, and they also, I think, handled that environment very well. That being said, I think that although those three points were very central to, to them winning the game, I think what was the key to them winning this game was twofold. One, Philip Rivers made Philip Rivers made plays to win the game. He made two very clutch fourth down throws in the fourth quarter to keep that drive alive and for them to win the game. And second, they were able to get stops when they needed to get stops. They had two sacks the entire game, one in the second quarter, one in the fourth quarter. And the one in the fourth quarter was essential to them being able to stop the Chiefs in their momentum. So that's why I think the Chargers were able to pull off that W. What do you see from your side?
1: I I, I see it a little different. Of course, we're both fans of the the different teams. So uh, I would say uh, Phillip Rivers, uh, being a veteran quarterback, did what he needed to do to correct, correct two wrongs and major, I would say, rookie mistakes that he made. Um, two big interceptions. Oh, those were
0: awful, especially the second and,
1: one. And here's the key the chiefs really didn't capitalize on the last one um, because they got the first one. They got a touchdown off of it, but the second one, the drive stalled out. Um, I, I will say an important stat that you left out that let the chiefs uh, to losing the game and the chargers to winning the game uh, is the penalty battle. Oh, and that's I, right. You're... I will say, I will say this as a chargers fan or not a chargers fan, but a chiefs fan. And also, just pulling for the Chargers, there was some terrible refereeing last night. Yeah, yeah. There was some – and to be honest with you, Phillip Rivers almost cost you the game because he was complaining oh. about a hit. And I let me just say As a fan, you're thinking, know, what
0: are you doing? The clock is I winding know, down.
1: Yeah, but I, I know you're going to say, well, it could have been a roughing the passer. No, no, sir. Let me back up.
0: Oh, you're talking about that helmet-to-helmet he, helmet hit?
1: He was he was a runner. He was running with the ball. It was tucked. There was no throwing motion. Was he giving himself up? Yes. But if you look at the replay, and everyone seems to want to look at it in super slow-mo, both Phillip Rivers and uh, I think it was Bagley were both going down and both on their knees when they hit each other. There's no roughing the passer. You know, yes, he got hit in the head. You're a runner, Phillip. You have to remember that. It doesn't matter if you're a quarterback. Once you break contain and start running and the ball is tucked and you're not looking to attempt a pass, you are a running back. They can hit you however they want. Um, so, but that almost cost you guys the game. But I would say, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill had that dropped. Wide oh, the one touchdown. hit him right off the
0: helmet. Oh yeah, that, that was also a of penalty too for the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes. No,
1: yeah, right? No, it was a penalty against the Chiefs. It would have gotten called back for a holding against oh, the Chiefs.
0: But but actually I thought the Chargers jumped on
1: that play too, and that's why he But the But they got flagged for charging, so it was a zeroed out.
0: So oh even if he would
1: have yeah. caught a touchdown, it would have not counted for anything. I will also say this the the phantom uh, flag for holding in the end zone on fourth down. Oh, that
0: was yeah. That was. I would tough.
1: say that's that's also, and these aren't excuses. These are just how the game played out and how yeah. bad the ref yeah. is. Yeah, Mike. Just so our, ball, our
0: listeners know, Chargers seven penalties for fifty yards. Chiefs ten penalties for sixty six yards.
1: And and it's and it's also it's not the amount, but it's also when they were timely penalties but then also I would say blown penalties because if you look at that fourth down to the end zone, uh, what was it? the guy that from Clemson? Mike Williams had had a blowout game.
0: Two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, Chiefs can't let that happen. But at the same time, the ball is over his hand in the back of the end zone. There's no way for him to get a second foot down. There was no passing. The penalty was thrown, and it was explained by the rules uh, analyst on Fox that – Oh, Mike Flores. Floria. No, not Mike Florio. Was it Mike Florio? I thought Mike Florio Mike... was the – Mike Florio is NBC. Um,
0: I can't remember who it is for Fox.
1: I can't remember. I'm sure listeners are, are
0: going to – these guys don't even know.
1: Oh, well. Yeah, these guys are terrible. Well, the game just happened last night, okay, and we don't have a deep – uh, crew pulling stats for us. You know, we were both working
0: today and we're still a little bit overwhelmed because of last night. So,
1: right. So he goes up and the way it was explained is because, uh, was it Scandrick? I think was guarding him is either Scandrick or Fuller was guarding him. The chiefs player. And as he was coming up with his off hand, it got blocked by Scandrick, but you have to take into account under two minutes. Everything's reviewable. There's no way he would have been in bounds to make the play. You can't throw a flag on something that will not even be counted. I And they called a holding on it. And I was like, a holding is an automatic first down. Like, the, I, and that's another rule that I think needs to change. You know, you have a defensive holding and you get an automatic first down, but, you know, an offensive holding is like, hey, we'll replay the down. We'll just give you a 10-yard penalty.
0: 10 <laughs> yards is
1: nothing honestly. You know, like, hey, if it's an offensive holding, lose the
0: down in five yards. Hmm. You know, like. So it's... so, why do you think the Chiefs lost the game? I, we were
1: sticking with the same play calling. I mean, that's how we got. Yeah, that's how you got the sack at the end of the game. We, uh, there was no, I mean, we were running the same formation, you know, same base formation, same routes. I mean, you had, uh, I mean, you had charger players that were even saying they were jumping routes, you know, and, you know, that's, I, I think, honestly, the Chiefs, and this is kind of a hot take. Hot take. Chiefs would rather, Chiefs would rather go some other place to play their first playoff game.
0: You um, think so? Instead uh, of at arrowhead? And,
1: I, I think a lot of Chiefs fans would love to play at Arrowhead, uh, but think what, what the temperature is going to be at Arrowhead for, you know, if you get a first round bye and you get two games um, at Arrowhead, you know, possibility of, well, at least one, maybe a second game with the championship game. But you're going to be out there in 20 degree weather, probably freezing rain or harsh wind. Uh, that doesn't play well for any, you know, any team that comes in there. You got to think Kansas City during the during the fall is hot and nice, you know, up until about November is when it starts getting pretty nasty, and then usually through December it's, you know, it's oh it's chilly. It's and about it, the same weather as the Ohio Valley, and it's like okay, well, if the Chargers get the one seed, and I'm the five seed you know, yeah, I got to go play at possibly, you know, Houston, uh, you know, a Houston or a Baltimore. Uh, you know, if I'm a five seed, I get to play the three seed, right? Or do I play the four seed?
0: Um, well, whoever has the – so, like, for four. example, the best record in the first it's, round plays – three. Three, six, four,
1: five, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, much simpler the, explanation.
1: Yeah. If I'm the five seed, then I'm either heading to Baltimore or possibly Indianapolis. If Houston loses out and the Colts win out or even Tennessee, which is still going to be warmer than Kansas city. Um, but then, you know, the next round I play, I might be in San or in Los Angeles in 70 degree weather. And I've got the weapons to come at you. I've already yeah. beat you in LA.
0: Well right? their, their offense it translates best to a warm weather environment. I mean, obviously, if they're if they're primarily an offensive team, and so I'm and sure I, they wouldn't mind playing in Indianapolis, Houston, LA. I mean And and you got you you also gotta factor this in for the loss.
1: We're on our third and fourth string running backs because mm-hmm. and we picked up Charkandrick West who we released last year. Um, so we're down to three, four, and five right now in the running back because Spencer Ware getting hurt. So not not to use that as a full excuse, but it's like most teams are going three, four, and five. And, you know, we just picked up um, – what's his name off waivers from Buffalo? Uh, and he played last night. Uh, oh, six,
0: six. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin.
1: Yeah, we picked up Calvin Benjamin. So, you know, that's, so.
0: So going forward, what are we thinking then? I mean, they got uh, they, they play, got Seattle. They got Seattle in Seattle. Yeah, um, and so that's. I mean, so the Chiefs are still in first place in the division right now, and so because they hold the, the tiebreaker over the Chargers, but well, uh, they're
1: still they're still in first overall. I mean, they're still the yeah. best team. They're still the best team in football as we sit right now. Um.
0: So they have the but, Seahawks and then the and then the Raiders. So they're, I, I mean, well, they should minimally go one in one in that.
1: It it depends too. If they if if they lose and the Chargers win, let's just put it that way. If if they lose and the Chargers win, I I I don't. I see Andy Reid sitting everyone mm. against Oakland, and if they beat Oakland, that's fine with their backup. But I, I don't. I don't see them. Uh, I, I just don't see them making that happen. You know, like if they lose against Seattle. Um,
0: so do you think this affects their momentum going forward?
1: Uh, yeah, I would say a little bit. You know, you don't want to get on a losing streak. You want to, you know, stay hot, stay in tempo. But uh, you still got a young quarterback that can make things happen. But I mean, you saw a lot happening last night. You know, there was drops by Kelsey there. I mean, there was a lot of drops last
0: night. Um, I will say they've had a ringer of three games, Baltimore, Chargers, Seattle. I mean, that's well, a tough three game. They stretch. had tough,
1: you know, they had not too long ago. They had the Rams and, you know, uh, New England. Was, too. Was, huh?
0: Yeah. They played New England, too, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah, they've, well, they've had a tough schedule.
1: Yeah. They, well, they had a first place schedule. I mean, they, they were playing against all the good teams, you know? So um, it's not like they had it easy. And when you put up as many points and yards as they've, they've put up this year, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard, you know, it's, it's definitely not easy. So um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what what do you think with the Chargers moving forward? Because I well, think that's, I, that's a that's a different story because you got a different schedule. I mean, you do play Denver again.
0: We do play Denver. I, to be honest, man, as a Chargers fan, you just can't help but be really excited. They've they've won two really big games. This is a, a franchise that has just gone through the dumps the last couple of years, and so for them to win their two biggest games of the season on nationally televised. Um, in front of a nationally televised audience on, on NBC and then obviously on, on Fox. It's just so – it's so big because it's how they won. They played tough. They were getting blown out. And as a fan, you think, well, this is typical. This is kind of what you expect. And then they just show this fight and they come back. And it's just – for me, I look they, at – Who did they come back against? Well, they came back against Pittsburgh from 16 down. They're oh, the yeah, first, we, talked
1: about, we talked about that last week.
0: Yeah, they're the first team to come back from 16 down to beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's history. And then so for them to beat Pittsburgh and then for them to beat the Chiefs, it and it's how, they, how they've won. It, it makes you think as a Chargers fan, well, hey, maybe it might be different now. And so they're just playing so well. There's a lot of energy with the team. This team's gone through a lot. Even, I mean, Baltimore's going to be a tough game. Baltimore you know, they, I, I don't know who they play this upcoming Sunday, but I, I mean, they're in for their playoff lives right now. So Baltimore is going to give them all they got. I wouldn't be surprised if they go one and one I think they'll catch Denver. Denver beat them last time in LA. So I wouldn't be surprised if the, I would expect the chargers to be really pumped up to win that week 17 game, especially if, especially if Kansas city loses against uh, against Seattle. So, I just think they have a lot of momentum going forward. I hope they don't drink the Kool-Aid. There's a lot of other people talking about them now, but they're playing really well. Phillip Rivers, I just I, – I love the guy. Love the guy. And so he had an, a pass passer rating of 89 yesterday. Obviously had those two really, really poor interceptions. But other than that, what else can you say? The guy had two just clutch throws in the fourth quarter. Obviously, he almost cost him the game because he was freaking out about that hit to the head. Well, but... and
1: I tell you what, those those uh, those two passes that he had that were up the seam, those were almost like if we're talking just fractions of a second. If the Chiefs player would have just, you know, kept running a little bit further, those are knockdown balls. Like, I mean, they were... They were that close to being knocked down. I mean, he fitted into a window, that yeah. that you're just like, okay, that's that's he is in the end of his prime, and and you know I th- those first two interceptions looked like he was out of his prime. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. early in the game, I mean, he was there were noodles, man. I was like, oh, uh, they were awful. I, I could have easily picked that off. You know, and there's a couple dropped interceptions. Like, yeah. we forget about that one going oh, that's right. sideline to Kevin yeah. Allen. That's and right. He, like,
0: the Chiefs player was like, oh my God, it's in my hands. Yeah. Like, Patrick Mahomes threw a bad ball and it went right through the hands of the Chargers 50 Jahil Adu, or uh, I can't remember if I a, 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 a die. I think it's a die. Uh, uh, went right through his hands, hit him right in the face mask. And you're like, are you kidding me? That's why you play okay. defense. But so anyways, man, I there's a lot of momentum. Am I drinking the Super Bowl Kool-Aid? No, I am not drinking the Super Bowl Kool-Aid because you don't know this franchise if you are. But that being said, am I excited that this team is playing big time football again and is getting some respect? Of course I am, dude. It's yeah. been it's been a long time. Just to I mean, just to let you know, when Mike Williams caught that two point conversion, within about two and a half seconds I received a phone call from my dad saying, like, Did you watch that? I'm like, of course I watched that, dad. Yeah. And there's just a lot of excitement because the team's gone through a lot and they're playing really good football. Continuing on, Mike, you want to discuss some, some NBA and, uh, what are your thoughts? What's going on? What do you want to, what do you want to well, take a look at?
1: Right, right now. I, I just, uh, so a little flashback to, I believe it was uh Wednesday night when the, uh, in Indiana Pacers, excuse me, uh, took on the Milwaukee bucks and, uh, It was Victor Oladipo's return game and uh, for missing uh, almost a month with a sore, I believe it was a sore hip and knee Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, played, he was on a minutes restriction ish. He still played 29 minutes, but uh, Miles Turner made a bold statement at the end of the game said, uh, watch out East we're, we're here. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I will say, in his in his stint of being gone, Victor uh, Oladipo being gone during the time he was gone, uh, the Pacers a won their last four games.
0: They are they are third in the East right now, three and a half behind They're, Toronto.
1: Yep, they they so they won their last uh, they won their last four games without him. Have won the last two games now because they just beat philly uh the philadelphia 76ers in philadelphia that's right granted there was no um jimmy buckets jimmy buckets butler um (laughs) but they still have players on their team that can oh i mean they, they still got ben simmons um too well yeah and you know Joel Embiid went 40 uh 40 points 21 rebounds and anytime you have a guy that scores almost half your points and over half your rebounds that's you know you're you're gonna do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will I will say, uh you gotta watch out for them Pacers, uh, because I mean they didn't even
0: shoot good tonight and and they won handle. Look, Mike, I, I gotta be honest, and I, I think our listeners might be thinking the same thing. Yeah. How can I trust the Pacers when they got I mean, they played Cleveland, I mean obviously Cleveland doesn't have LeBron James anymore. They played them tough last year. They went seven with them. I mean I how will, far do you think they can really go this year? I
1: I think it's I think it's probably they're gonna make it probably and this is bold prediction, very hot, early hot, prediction. Hot since ta- we're only since we're only a qu- a little past a quarter of the way in. Um and I know a lot of people when we talked about this on our first podcast, uh, about realigning the seasons not until start until December twenty fifth, uh, Christmas. Um actually start the season but you know a lot of people say okay this is when the season starts you know we're over a third of the way through and you know this is when you start rolling and you start making those runs to the all-star break and then you got a little sprint from the all-star break to the playoffs Uh, i will say this chemistry and health is everything if you look at the pacers they didn't lose any of their key players. There are A lot of players are under contract. Miles Turner just got re-signed two weeks ago. And after he got re he actually signed the dotted line two weeks ago. The, the offer was out there. He accepted it. And they just needed to do the paperwork. If you look at the way Miles Turner has been playing uh, since then, you know, Thaddeus Young signed an extension last year. Victor Oladipo during the trade was already, you know, had an extension Uh, you know Boyan Bogdanovich was already under contract you know a lot of these players no, you know no one else knows about Mm -hmm. um, but I do because I'm a facer fan Uh, you've got a lot of your core and your starting lineup and your reserves under contract Um, and then you made some pretty you know solid additions uh, a with the draft but then uh, with uh, acquisitions. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm hesitant to pull the stats up on my phone, um, but we got we picked up. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name right now. We picked him up from Memphis. Um, I, I don't know who you're talking about. He's Victor Oladipo's backup. Uh, he's coming off the bench now, but was starting when Vic was
0: out. Let me let me um, take a look. See if I can find him.
1: But. If you look, uh, if you look, we're the best defense in the league. But does defense
0: uh, win you championships? I know there's there's the
1: common phrase,
0: "Defense wins championships," it, but it,
1: it does it does in this league because if you look at the way the Pacers are playing with a sharp shooter like JJ Redick tonight, he is a sharp shooter. I would say he's one of the top five three point shooters in the league. I would say he also like a Clay or a Steph has one of the quickest releases in the league. Um, he can come off a of screen and it's, it's like a rifle. It's He's a dookie. Out. He's a dookie. Um, but he went four for 12 tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell you what, the ones that he did make, there was a hand in his face. You know, we were making sure bodies were in front of people. Uh, they only shot 25% from the three point range. Hmm. Um, the Pacers shot 40%. Um, the Pacers aren't outscoring anyone yet, but when you're playing lockdown defense and making and turning the ball over and, you know, uh, blocking shots, another big stat of the day Miles Turner, every game this year has had a block shot hmm. with five block shots against the vaunted Milwaukee Bucks, huh. who are extremely long, and that's what they're known for. Um so I, I would just say you've got your core people. Miles There's Turner really... second
0: in the league right now, averaging two point eight one nine blocks behind Hassan Whiteside of the Miami Heat. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So I mean you've got your center. You know, if you if you look at this team, it's very it's very similar to uh the Roy Hibbert, Paul George, George Hill, David West. Yeah. You know, team okay. that made it to made it to the to the championship game twice.
0: Is that the same team who said if they would have had game seven at home against the heat, they would have gone to the NBA finals. And then they had it at game seven. Didn't they have game seven the next year? They had it and they lost. Uh,
1: I don't think it went that far. (laughs) Uh, I think they actually lost. Uh, I think they lost game six in, uh, Miami. I think that's when we got out, uh, to a 2 0 lead uh and just collapsed mm. like just I mean but it was tough like tough games like I think but then we went to a game seven in Miami and that's when it was just like Paul George just crumbled. I mean I, I've never seen <laughs> a player crumble as much as he did. Yeah. Um and that was when so That was his breakout season. He was doing really good, and then that's when he had the USA basketball injury.
0: Oh, yeah, that grew some injury.
1: Right. That was right after game – like, not right after, I mean, but that was the year, game seven, you know, he just – I think he was like four for 29 or something like – something crazy like that. It was bad. Yeah. And I think he ended up fouling out at the end of the game. Like, I think probably with – four or five minutes to go. I mean, it was, it was rough and, and you could tell like that was the final run of that, of that era, you know, because David West was out of contract, you know, Roy Hibbert was on the second year of his max and we just, you know, it was too much money. And then who are you going to move with forward? And, you know, Paul was more than halfway through, I believe his, um, big, bigger contract. So,
0: yeah, yeah, it
1: was, um, so, yeah, I would say it's very similar. I mean, our uh, our defensive mastermind, uh, Frank, I forget his last name, but his name's Frank, and uh, he, he always gets on the uh, Fox Sports Indiana um, uh, interview during the games, and uh, he, you know, he preaches defense, and he's been there with Larry Bird from, you know, a long time ago with those, you know, Mark Jackson, Reggie Miller, you know, the Davis boys and Rick Smith, you know, just, you know, solid defense, keeping guys in front of you. So, you know, as far as a, a defensive assistant, you know, coach. Yeah, we've had him. he's been here like he's a staple. We haven't let him go. Like e- even with our rotation of coaches that we've had, you know, with Larry Bird, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you know. um uh
0: uh, well Frank Frank
1: Vogel. Frank Vogel uh you know Nate McMillan now uh there was another guy before uh Frank Vogel uh he got canned very quick i don't remember his name <laughs> uh we also had uh the Dallas Mavericks coach I, I forget about that um but he was a he was an Indiana Pacers coach right uh after Isaiah
0: yeah
1: so Yeah. I mean, but Frank has been there since Larry. So since, you know, the night, the late nineties. So, uh, you know, he's, he's been our defensive coach and I tell you what, the, the players we have, they're athletic, they're quick. They can stay in front of you. Uh, and if you just happen to make shots over us, I mean, then it's your game. Like you're just having a night, you know? And the, the fact is, LeBron always had a night against us.
0: Speaking of of LeBron, speaking of therefore the Lakers, the Lakers were just beaten by the Rockets, one eleven to one twenty six. James Harden, Mike, had nineteen free throws. Nineteen yeah. free throws. I will repeat that and- one more time. Nineteen free throws. He's currently second and- in the league free throw average behind Joel Embiid. They're almost. They're basically tied. James Harden's averaging. Nine free throws a game. Joel Embiid ten point two.
1: I just I will it. say half of the only half of those are deserved by Harden.
0: Well, and that's what I was going to ask you, as someone who's who's played a lot more organized basketball than I have, is he just really good at drawing fouls? And it, it's just like he you can see it. You know, with, for example, when he when guys are setting screens for him, and then the defensive player tries to go over the screen, he just he. Generates contact. You're like, what? How is that a foul? Like, he's clearly. I
1: I will say this, and and this might frustrate you even more, but as a shooter, and, and I can guarantee you other people will say this you figure out where the refs are, you know where their angles are, what
0: they can and can't see. Well, Kobe's mentioned that as well. That's something he used to study referees to know where the referee would be so that he knows, like, the angle to generate to
1: make a call. If you – if even at – like, even at the high school level, and and we had – like, we would have in the summer, we would have Mike Krzyzewski, Tom Izzo. You know, I know Roy Williams was at several of our games um, because he sat behind me. Um, It's pretty great. But – You know, you knew at a young age, find out where the ref is. If you can get, and they're not saying get the calls, but be mindful because you're not the only one in the game. The 10 players on the floor aren't the only ones contributing to the game. There's three other people on the court that you have to be mindful of, and those are the refs. They run in that triangle, you know, one under, two on top, kind of staggered. You've got to find out because you're in the Bermuda Triangle of um, of refs, but you need to make sure you can maximize the angle they can see, you know, because they're not always paying attention to the same thing. And James Harden has just mastered those angles. I mean, yeah, it's, you know,
0: and, and he's, he's very dramatic, very dramatic,
1: very dramatic. But he has known, like, I would say he has learned very well from watching tape from a, one Reggie Miller. Oh, everything four, comes eight, back to Reggie. Or Manu Ginobili. Yeah. I, um, okay,
0: I see that. I see that similarity. So you
1: you you look at those, and I tell you what, Reggie was the best. Excuse me. Because of his lack of size, um, only weighing buck ninety, buck ninety five, six seven, <laughs> soaking what? yeah you you hit him I mean I'll say I'll give okay I'll give him this you know if, if Reggie ever listens to our podcast I've seen him in person oh he will like One day. in his prime someday maybe probably will never call in Soaking wet in his prime a little older he might have been 205 <laughs> but I I will say this Reggie would get the calls and would be he would be dramatic about it. But then you know he would also he had that good ability to when he got touched he knew to crumble and and Michael Jordan if he will never get on an interview with anyone but he would tell you he's like I didn't even touch him and it's like no Mike he felt your he felt your heat off he your felt your body hair. hit him and he just he crumbled you know because. But, you know, Reggie was good at it. He got those calls. You know, that's why you can't do, you know, you can't do the leg whip now anymore with shooting threes and stuff like that because of Reggie. You know, because he could he could be in the air and have the knack to stick his leg out and get, you know, a four-point play um, or at least a three-point play with, you know
0: um, –
1: being inside the arc,
0: but that being said Mike, let 's go ahead. I want to transition just to our our third and our final segment here. We did have a recent call left by once again, probably our more our our most uh supportive and, and most fanatical supporter uh, our statistician Jason Pittman. Hey guys, this is Jason. Thanks for taking my call five nine two twenty six now. sorry about that ding. Second time, long time, I would like to know what is your most memorable sporting event that you've attended, either college or professional? Thanks for taking the call. I'll take it off the air now. Rack me. I'm out. Mike, we love sports. We love watching sports in person. I can go first if you want me to. Yeah, go for it. Best in sports experience for me, of course, it includes our statistician, my dad. I had the honor, the privilege, the joy of watching the greatest player of my generation, Kobe, the black Mamba Bryant, in his final game against the Utah Jazz, put up 60 points on a hobbled legs. Mike, it was absolutely incredible. And let me tell you why it was incredible. One, because no one expected the Lakers to win. No one gave a crap if they won or they lost that game. There were so many famous people on the stands. There was Kanye sitting two rows back, wearing a really ugly yellow shirt. There was Snoop Dogg. There was Shaq. There was all of you know his former NBA teammates. And the environment was just so electric. And it's, it was Staples Center on ES. It was just incredible, man. But seeing Kobe put up 60 points against the Utah Jazz in his final game, Without question, for me, was my best sport in sports, actually in person sports experience, and it was just I got to experience it with my dad and my dad and me. We've I mean we've been to a lot of amazing events. We watched the Kings beat the the Rangers in the Stanley Cup in double overtime to, to secure the Stanley Cup. We've been to NFL Charger playoff games. We've we've experienced some amazing things. But that Kobe, it was just like I can't even explain the environment. It was just so amazing. And I can talk about it all night, but for me, that was without question my best. In person, as I witnessed the the game, my favorite, most memorable in-person sports experience. How about you?
1: Well, for me, and I I would say that that is a pretty remarkable uh, experience. And and if I cut out, I'm having some problems with my connection right now. my phone's doing some crazy stuff. You sound it's good. Me. You sound good. Well, it's it's muting me every once in a while, so if you're missing some words it's because it my phone just keeps muting me. So, uh I would say my best experience uh would be the 2006 AFC Championship game against the Indianapolis Colts versus the New England Patriots. And I was uh, lucky enough to be in the stadium um, going through that heartache of being down by uh, 16 at the half and then roaring back at the end of the game uh, in the old RCA dome. It it was just too much to handle. Uh, I would say – almost deafening for any kid to witness uh and I was 20 I believe 20 years, 20 years old so I mean I wasn't a kid but it was crazy um there there were people out hugging each other in the streets <laughs> uh where we drove straight to uh Dick's Sporting Goods to buy you know Super Bowl ba- it was you know 1 in the morning and we're we're buying gear I mean, just just a crazy experience.
0: What was that – they were the first team in the AFC Championship to come back from a certain amount down? Yeah, I believe it was was 18 uh, at one point.
1: I believe it was 21-3 to at halftime. And it was the largest AFC AFC Championship game comeback
0: ever. What was the tension of the city prior to that game? Do you remember it all? It was, it was, here we go again, like Tom Brady
1: owns us, New England owns us, Bill Belichick, and a lot of people are like, well, Bill Belichick's cheating. And let me just put this out there. And I'm probably the only Colts fan, Chiefs fan, or just fan of the game that has the ultimate respect for Bill Belichick. He is the greatest coach to ever coach in the NFL, period. End of story. Rename it the Belichick truck.
0: Wow. over Lombardi, Bill Walsh, Bill Parcells.
1: Oh yeah, He's, he he is the greatest. If you look at and I don't even want to take into consideration. Well, look at his coaching tree. Who cares? Those are different people. They're you know they're people. Like they're not him as a coach. It's not his fault that his proteges aren't as good as him. So you know, Bill Belichick is just a great coach. Uh, but at the end of the day, you look Peyton Manning, probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I would say arguably the smartest quarterback of all time, uh, you're going to win one someday. So, and he, and he won, uh, you know, the comeback, the comeback at, uh, at halftime was remarkable. Just marching down. You know, marching down the field was was amazing. Uh, the the ceiling at the end of the game with Marlon Jackson uh, making the interception—just words can't even describe because there was just a deafening roar throughout. So that was that was my best memory up to this point.
0: Really quick, I know you have an exciting couple days coming up. Tell me what you're thankful for yeah. and uh, what's going on.
1: Well, I'm I'm thankful. Uh, we're thankful we're getting ready to head to uh, the greatest place on earth. Uh, that would be a one Walt Disney World. Uh, so uh, prayers up for safety of travel down there. Uh, but thankful that we uh, we have the opportunity to travel there uh, and to be able to have fun with the family down there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good time. So, well, I am, I am thankful for, as you mentioned, we've talked about health in the past, and I'm just thankful I'm healthy. I can work long hours and I can go eat a nice chorizo burrito with my wife, and I'm thankful for that.
1: So, we're always thankful for burritos and tacos and
0: chorizo. So, yeah, yeah. So, with that, Mike, I love you, dude. Have a great time, and I will talk to you later, brother. brother.
1: Sounds good. We'll talk to you later.
0: All right. Until next time on the Coast to Coast Athletic Podcast.